Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It is a special day. Because the Lord is in this place. It is a special day because we got up this morning. It is a special day because we walked into the house of the Lord this morning. It is a special day because we have the privilege of serving an almighty, awesome, powerful God. It is a wonderful day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will bless him and worship him. Amen. 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 I want to thank God for this opportunity. My pastors for entrusting this pulpit to me. I am always humbled at it. And I'm very grateful to God for it. Um, Today I want to speak. And I have like some nuggets that I want to share. I want to share my heart I think a little bit about this particular day. Um, And I entitled my message, A Promise Fulfilled, Now What? A Promise Fulfilled, Now What? Okay? And we are going to be speaking about this special day all around the world. We celebrate the day of Pentecost. A day of Pentecost. And this is uh, the day that Acts 2 Chapter 2 of Acts, verses 1 through. We remember that day because it was an important day. We should be singing, happy birthday to you, happy birthday. Because the church was birthed from that moment on in an organized way. And pretty interesting, it's celebrated all around us, right? But it's the day that we remember that there was a group of people together united. In one mind, one accord, praying, and the Holy Spirit of God descended upon their lives. And we'll read a little bit about that coming up. It's also, it was also a Jewish festival um, that also celebrated and, and remembered, and it was something powerful remembered, right? And it was after the 50 days after the Passover, and the Jewish people remembered that the Torah was given to them. So the word is given to them. So we can apply that to us. The word has been given to us. And now we have the Holy Spirit of God descend upon us. Well, that's a whole lot of stuff we have. So we celebrate this promise. Pretty interesting. If we go back to, to the books of old, of old uh, in the Old Testament, we find in Joel 2.28, And it says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. The prophet Joel told us about this, told the Jewish people about this coming day. And then throughout the ministry of Jesus, and we see him always talking about leaving, (laughs) Right? He's always talking about leaving, but you just got here. But he always promised that he would not leave his disciples alone, that he would send a comforter, that the God will send a comforter, that God would send an advocate, the Holy Spirit of God would be sent down by the Father to be with them throughout the ages. So in John 14, in the New Testament 26, we find, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, 
will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So here we are in chapter one of Acts. And it says that once again, he had not ascended, right? He had not left with God. And here was Jesus trying to prepare his people, trying to prepare his, his disciples to, to, to be alone on their own, supposedly. And here in Acts 1, chapter 4, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, verse 4 through 5, he says, And on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. They had heard many times. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. So in 50 days after Jesus um, uh, Christ had a, would, would leave, they were to go into this higher place. I, I visited that place, by the way, when I went to Israel. And they would go up there and pray and seek God. It's kind of interesting because they had to be obedient at what crazy thing Jesus was trying to ask them to do. They had to be perseverance. They had to use some perseverance in order to, you know, to preserve being there. 50 days is a long time. That's a month, almost a month, right? That's a long time. No, two months. Two months. 60 days is two months. It's a long time. I don't know. I would have gotten my ADHD. would have like, nah, I got to go. But they were obedient. They went. They ascended, and we know that, you know, if you look, like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a little funny. I, I looked at the calendar. Okay, Easter was April 16th, and tomorrow will be like the, 60, the, the, the 50 days. So it's cool. About 120 people there. But before that, in Acts 1, verse 6 through 9, God, Jesus keeps speaking to his people. Because he says, he, he told them, he gave them more instructions. He said, then they gathered around him and asked him. Lord, are you, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Okay. Now, I have to pause here because the disciples, once again, like in before Jesus died and all of that craziness occurred, they were all over the place and confused. And, you know, they were looking for positions and, and they were looking for titles. And yeah, here they are again. You see, because their mentality was so limited in that they were seeking a, a, a kingdom that was here on earth. But Christ was not talking about a kingdom here. He was thinking and talking about an eternal kingdom. He wanted his disciples to prepare men, not for the kingdom here on earth, but the kingdom that he would go and prepare for his people. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or date the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were still 
They needed something else to, to get on that spiritual train. <laughs> they needed some supernatural power to transform their mentality. And like my, my sister, my pastor um, in, in it uh, said so eloquently, they needed a paradigm change. They needed their minds to be transformed, their hearts, their bodies, their everything, just to be changed. Because still and all, they were thinking about an earthly kingdom. So he tells them, listen, don't worry. Don't worry about that. I'm going to do what I got to do. The father's going to do what he needs to do. But he refocused them on the, you're going to receive power to be my witness. You see, Christ was interested and still is interested, like I said here again. He is interested in building a higher kingdom, a spiritual one, not an earthly one. So he leaves us. And it's pretty interesting that chapter one changes uh, a little bit because now there were some leadership positions missing. And the rest of chapter one, that's what happens. They, they, they talk about who would take the place of, of the apostle. You know, we know that um, Judas hung himself, right? So who would take his place? And that's what ends the chapter. My, my brother, um, Matthias... He becomes the next apostle. And then it said in Acts 1.14, it says, They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. They came to, to, together to pray. And we've always talking about the importance of prayer. And, but the importance of prayer united. The importance of prayer when we come together. We, 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 we one thought, one mind, in agreement that we want something to move. When we do that, the body of Christ. When we do that as, as believers, something happens. There's changes. There's shifts. There's, there's, there's deliverance. There's amazing things that happen among us when that when we do that and that's what Pentecost was all about they came together and I will read in chapters 2 1 through 4 the following and it says when the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that that um, uh, separated, sorry, and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to speak. So this powerful manifestation of the spirit of God, the promise that Joel has spoken about, the promise that Christ has spoken about to his disciple, here in Acts 2, chapter 2, we see it fulfilled. So a promise fulfilled, then what next? The promise is fulfilled, what happens next? The one of the things that happened was that Peter and we all know Peter, he was, you know, he was, he was a mess at times. He was so impulsive. He, he was ready to go. And, and you know what? I, I feel that 
you, you, we need those kind of people. We need those personalities in our kingdom. But they need to be transformed. They need to be changed. Don't you know there are giftings in our lives? There are things that God has placed on us that given to the negative, they will be used in the negative in a real powerful way. So no, something needs to change. Something needs to transform us. And we know that's the Holy Spirit of God that then transforms us and takes those same talents and those same abilities and those same personalities and now are used for his glory and for his honor. Amen. Praise God. How many of you have some of those characteristics that you know that given to, to the fault? Oh, but the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. When it comes into the, into the life of a man and a woman, transforms and changes. As my pastor said, he, he got up and he preached this message, mind-blowing message, the gospel of Jesus. And he, at that day, preached this, this message and 3,000 souls came to be saved. And there begins the church. The result is not only um, the souls that, that is so important that came to, 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 to serve God and to an understanding of God. That is powerful. You know, that's one of the things that the Holy Spirit does. It, 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 it pushes us forward to do supernatural things. But as I said before, it's the birthday of, 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 of the church. And this new church is birthed. In chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, speaks about what kind of church it was. And I want to read it to you. And it says, they devoted themselves to the, to the apostles, to, to, the, to the apostles' teaching, and the, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to one another as he had, as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were to be saved. So this powerful church is birth. And, and I put in my notes the recipe for a successful church. You see, they were devoted to teaching and fellowshipping and breaking not only the bread of eating, but they were breaking the bread of, uh, the bread of life, the word. They were praying together. And the Bible says the signs and wonders followed them together in everything. They were in common, in one common goal, in one thought. They sold and helped the needy. They helped each other out. They met together and came to the temple to fellowship. And they were they had sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. They grew, each, they grew with each other, and other people continued to be added on. You see, this is an attractive church. You see, and, 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 I, and I, I was moved by this because, yeah, we, we got to continue um, becoming this particular church, the, the primitive church. We got to continue looking out for each other. We got to continue to develop our, 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 our empathy and develop our, our heart. It said that they had a sincere heart. And they came to church happily. 
How many of us sometimes, oh, it's time to go to church. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. My aches and pains. But they came to enjoy each other. And they came to enjoy the fellowship of God. Powerful. So the result of this fulfilled promise, not only was the people filled with the Holy Spirit of God, not only did this man was transformed and Peter was changed, and that gives us hope that we will also be transformed and changed, amen? Not only were 3,000 people added, not only the birth of, of the church, hallelujah, was, was, was um, happened on that particular day, but something else happened. It says that there were other people from other, other, other areas, right? Because remember, it was the big Jewish holiday. And there were people there from other tongues not understanding maybe what was going on. And it said that the, when the power of God came upon them, they, they, the, the people were like, some were like, oh, these people are drunk. Other people said, no, wait a minute, they're speaking my language. Oh, no. And something happened to bring even more unity. You see, because the gospel of Jesus Christ does not accept that one or accept this one or accept me or accept the one that looks different than me. God is a God of unity. God is a God uh, 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 of bringing together. God is a God that wants his church to, to see beyond what our society continues to tell us. Our God is a God that he's not biased. He's not a racist. He's, he, 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 he sees all of us the same. We are his creatures. We are his creation. And if by chance we are his, uh, as his people of God, are, are, are wondering, well, what should I do? Who should I accept? Who should I love? Who should I have relations with? Everybody. Everybody. We need to love the Chinese. We need to love the black. We need to love the Hispanic, the white, the orange, the green, the blue. Hallelujah. Because God is a God of unity. God is a God that created each and every one of us. Come on. It pains me when I hear the church say certain things. No, we, we, we cannot be moved by, by what our society and the immigration and this and all of these things that are going on around us. We have to have a, a sincere heart, a heart of love, a heart of compassion, a heart that I, if I need to take my shirt off and take my sweater off and take my coat off, I need to do that. Oh, my God. Have mercy on us if we're not living like that. And maybe not in this church, but it happens. So it was to transform, and here the church begins. And another thing that, that this whole uh, scriptures and this day of Pentecost brought to mind is, so now this Holy Spirit is on, in our lives. Once you receive God, as your, once you receive Christ as your personal Savior and you allow him to come into your heart, there is the seal and he seals you. You belong to him. He belongs to you. Yes, there are manifestations and different works of the spirit, but you are sealed with the spirit of God. You are a property of God. You belong to him. No matter what Satan says, you are his. And no matter what I thought about yesterday, you are saved. You belong to God. You are sealed. Signed, sealed, delivered. Do you remember that song? Not my time. We are his. <laughs> that wasn't my error. <laughs> because we sometimes forget 
that we are a royal priesthood, a people uh, uh, cleansed by God, uh, a people to make a difference, a people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are sealed, and we got to remember that because we forget sometimes. He commands us to be filled with the Spirit. He says, do not get drunk with wine. Uh, you know, don't get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit of God. Be drunk in the spirit, we used to call it back in our days, when I was a youth. They still do? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I know. I got to go over that. Yeah. Right? We still call that because when you're in the presence of God, things begin to change. He begins to do things in our lives and in our hearts. You know, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are praying in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's the same spirit that comes to live inside of you and inside of me. So where I walk, he walks. Where I enter, he enters. Where I, uh, whatever I do, whatever I do it, he's there with me. Hello? Jesus, hallelujah, help me God. This is the same spirit that wants to dwell in us and among us. And sometimes, you've heard, we, we quench the spirit. We do things wrong. We take him where he don't want to go. And he says, well, I love you, but I'm not going to go with you. So we quench the spirit, and we got to say, God, please. And then we got to come back because he wants to live in us. He never leaves us, never forsake us. So we've got to pay attention that it's not just a jacket that I wear or take off or put on. It's the person of the Holy Spirit li living inside of me. He said that he would give the spirit to bring comfort to our lives. He said that he would send the spirit so that we would not be alone. You see, we might feel lonely sometimes, but we're never alone. We're never alone. John 14, 16 says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate. Some say a counselor, a helper to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit, not only it walks with us, not only it unites like I spoke before, but now it, it, it advocates for us. It walks with us. It, it brings consolation. It counsels us. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You see, the spirit of God living in our lives is going to convict us of sin. It's going to make us feel uncomfortable. John 16, 8 speaks about that. So when you sin, and we all do, we mess up. Oh, my God, that thought, it just went into my mind. Lord, help me. Come on, let's get real. The Spirit of God should do something inside of you. The Spirit of God should move you and say, oh, I, I need to repent. I need to repent from this. I just thought that. I just experienced this. Yesterday, I, I, I was driving, and there was a situation, and I experienced a funny feeling. And I had to tell myself, God, forgive me. Forgive me, because from the same person that could possess, you know, process and say and tell and, and share that loves you, and, and the same person that could speak your word, and the same person that loves you to, to death, I would die, I think. I think I would die. But the same person can mess it up, could think these thoughts. I'm like, whoa, that was me. I had to repent. 
to say, Lord, help me. Because my heart is yucky sometimes. My heart is yucky at times. We have to ask God to guard our hearts. Remember my preaching? Guard our hearts. So it needs to bring conviction. And if it's not bringing conviction, we got to check it out. We got to see what spirit is moving in you that's not bringing you conviction. John 14, um, 14, 12, um, 14, 27 speaks about the Holy Spirit bringing you peace. And the peace that surpasses all understanding. You know, you've been in stressful situations. You've been in situations that you don't understand what's going on. You've been in situations where, oh my goodness, this is for real now. And all of a sudden, the peace of God. And all of a sudden, you feel like you're flying. And all of a sudden, you walk into the room and you're cool as a cucumber. That's not us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit manifesting his peace inside our lives. So we have peace, bring conviction. This Holy Spirit inside of us unite. This Holy Spirit inside of us also recalls all that we have learned, all that we have experienced in God, uh, John 14, 26. There are times when we're going through droughts, that when we're going through discouragement, and all of a sudden, you hear a song in your brain or in your heart. <laughs> Come on, I'm talking to myself here. Or, or you remember a scripture. Or you remember something pastor said. Or you remember an experience and, 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 and motivation and, 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 and power and strength. And all of this good stuff begins to wall up. Because you know that the God that was with you back then is the same God that's with you now. Is the same God that's going to be with you through tomorrow. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he has made you remember. He has brought into remembrance. And you're like, oh my goodness, my conscience. And your conscience as the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and knew that if you did not have a moment of awareness, if you knew that you didn't have a moment of, of encouragement and of hope, you would perish. You would lose it. I know why people go crazy. I know why people are addic addicts. I know. You do too. Because we at times been very close of throwing in the towel and saying, ah, close me up. But God, but the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He will recall all things we have learned about God. Then John 15, 16 says, the spirit helps us bear fruit. And the fruit of the spirit are available for our practice. You remember Galatians 5. And, and you know what? Um, Pastor Veraldo said something powerful this morning. And it's so true. The Holy Spirit not only came, yes, to bring fire. And we, when we talk, to speak about that, it's like power, dynamite. <laughs> That's what it was, a dynamic experience. But he also came so that we might grow in certain areas of our lives. It's the, the fruit of the spirit that we need to bear. It's good to jump and praise God and worship and sing and dance. I love that. I was born. No, I wasn't born. I was raised 
Oh, I was almost raised. I came to the Lord at the age of 15 in a church that believed in the manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God. And I saw them on a constant basis, right? And we saw the move. And, and even here in our church, we've experienced the power of God just move and, and liberate and bring deliverance and do awesome things. Hallelujah. Oh, but if I leave this place right now and I go into my community and I go into my job and I'm not bearing the fruit of love, and I have no joy, and I have no peace, and I have no patience, and I have no kindness, and I have no goodness, and I have no faithfulness, and I have no gentleness, and I have no self-control, then there is something wrong with that manifestation in the spirit. Then there's something wrong because those things, two things cannot mix. Either we're filled with the spirit of God and it's transforming and it's making us anew and it's changing us so that we might give fruit. Hallelujah. Good fruit. Remember what I told you? Those same good, those same qualities that we have, we can either use them for evil or we could use them for good. So outside of the realm of the spiritual, oh, they're disastrous. But under the anointing of the power of God, under the, word, the, the, the move of the spirit of God, under his hand and under his power, we're going to do great things for God because he wants to use you and he wants to use me. Hallelujah. So it, then we also ha have that power of the spirit to help us crucify the flesh, the desires, and the passions. The spirit keeps us in check is my summary. And some of us need more checking than others, but. So Ephesians 3.20, a power is at work within us. In order to be able to do more abundantly and greater things than what we ever thought of. You know, I'm here to talk about, yes, the Pentecost. And I, I've spoken a little bit about, you know, what the Spirit of God does. And I still have another one, and I almost missed it, which is powerful. Romans 8.28. It helps us in our weakness in prayer. It intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, it states. Oh, help us, Lord. When I can't pray, when I can't think, when I can't function, when I just can come before his presence and just maybe cry out, it said that the Spirit of God begins to intercede for me. And since the Spirit of God knows all things, understands all things, he knows my needs, he knows my weaknesses, he knows everything about me, how much more is he able to communicate with the Father about what's going on in my life? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have this powerful power inside of us. You can say we have dynamite inside of us. And I don't know. I, I try to contain myself. But when dynamite is inside of you, you go, blah, 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 right? <laughs> That's what I feel like doing right now, but I won't. <laughs> so what do we do with all this power? What do we do with all this dynamite that the Bible is speaking about? What do we do with this promise that, that, that was promised? We see the fulfillment, and now here we are some centuries down the line. What do we do with all of this? Acts 1.8 says it clearly. So that we would become testimonies so that we will testify of him 
That's Mark 16 and Mark 28. Before Jesus was leaving, you know, he kept giving instructions. You know, Jesus was a cool cat. He gave instructions, everything we needed to do. He was preparing his disciples. He tells them, listen, I'm not going to leave you, but this you got to do. You got to um, go and, and, and make disciples of people, and, and manifestations are going to happen. And, you know, you're going to, the power of the Holy Spirit is going to descend over you. But I'm, I'm commissioning you. You got to go out there and preach the gospel. You got to tell other folks about me. You got to share that I heal, that I deliver. You you got to share that I'm powerful. You got to share that I'm coming back. You got to share that I'm real. Hallelujah. 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 And you could read it. I'm not going to read it. It's so powerful. It says, go into the world and preach the gospel, the good news to all creation. Remember back then I told you about the tongues and the bringing together because it was to everybody. Praise God. And it says, whoever believes and, and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's another message. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their, in their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Hallelujah. Listen, we have a mission to, to do. We cannot waste time. There are plans, specific plans for each and every one of us. That we are chosen people. We are a blessed people. We have received all this power. We have received all these blessings. My brother, my, past, my brother, Pastor Rick Warren speaks about God's blessing. And he states a couple of truths. And he says, our blessing should flow to others. When we bless others, God takes care of our needs. Our blessing to others will come back to us. You see, in spite of our tribulations, in spite of our problems, in spite of all that we go through, because we go through a whole lot of stuff, and I understand that that's another message. But today I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that in spite of it all, God has chosen a group of people that are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, that have individual talents, that have individual giftings, that have been prepared and have been called to do a great work, to manifest the power of the Spirit of God through them. Oh, hallelujah. You are called to use the power of the Holy Spirit. You are, you, you are called to use, to lay hands. You are called to make a difference. You are called to testify. There is someone out there that needs to listen to your story. There is someone out there that needs to be revived. There is someone out there that's lost. And through you, through you, through you, he or she is going to come back and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible speaks that he has put this awesome, awesome, awesome gospel in a jar of clay. We are the jar of clay. We are the vessel that if not held together by the spirit of God, we would be destroyed. That a, 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 a vessel that if not glued together by him, oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. Oh my Lord. You see, with just this overview, as we understand, and I think as that we can get the message, that's this tool belt that we have around our waist. Hallelujah. And this tool belt has everything we need right now. 
has everything we need and it's pretty equipped. It has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the fruit of the Spirit on another side. We have the manifestations of the power of God on another side. We have prayer. We have the word of God on another side. I think we're pretty equipped to go out there and make a difference. I think we are pretty equipped to go out there and bless some people. I think we are pretty equipped to bring salvation and a transformation to a world that needs something different and something new. They are tired of the same old. They are tired of the same old religion. Oh, we're not talking about religion here. We're talking about an experience with God that will transform their lives. We are talking about an experience with God that will change their hearts, that will change their minds, that will transform them into the men and women God will have them be. Hallelujah. What are we doing with all this that has been given to us? How am I making a difference? How are we making a difference? You remember the movie? It was about this concept of that if someone responds to me in kindness and someone's being kind to me, then I turn around and I'm kind to the other person. And it was called play it forward. That wasn't a concept in, in the TV or in the movies. That was a biblical concept. That if I have all these tools on my tool belt, if I am filled with the gospel of Jesus, if I got all these wonderful things inside of you, and there's someone that I know that has a need, has a situation, needs someone to pray with, oh man, they need some hope, they need some something to wake them up, to lift them up. Oh, how dare I not take my, 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 my uh, some tool? Oh, I got some tool that I'm gonna use on him and with her. Come on, we're going to pray. We're going to lay hands. We're going to tell them something. I'm going to be empathetic. I'm going to be good. I'm going to do something. I'm going to tell them about my joy. I'm going to tell them about my experience. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We need to play it forward. We need to play it forward. We have been saved and blessed with the great treasure of the gospel as I shared before. And he decided to place it into our lives. And I often wonder and I question God and I tell him, Lord, I think you made a mistake with me. He didn't make no mistake. He didn't make no mistake with us. He knew who we are. He knew from the foundation of the earth. He knew how your life would be. It says that everything is written in his book. He, he understood Psalm 139. We are wonderfully and, and purpose and, you know, good made. And, and we were, he was there when they were being formed and all of that good stuff. He knew. He knows you. He knows me. But in spite of all of that, in spite of that, he has chosen you and he has chosen me to go forward and make a difference. He has equipped us with the power of the Holy Spirit. What are we doing now? A promise has been fulfilled. What next? We are called to be ambassadors of Christ with signs, wonders, and manifestations. That's not for back then. Uh, it's for today. Whatever that looks like in your context, though, it probably has changed. 
I remember when I was 15 years old, and they were gonna, we were going to go evangelize. And we would go to 110th Street between Lexington and Park, where I was born and raised. And we would get a little, you know, one of them, an amplifier. We would get a mic. We would put up a little flag. And my youth counselor would tell us, like, who's going to preach? He's like, whoever the Spirit of God tells me. All right, so you better be ready. And 10 minutes in, Virginia, come on, you're ministering. What? Praise God. But we would preach, and we would tear it up, and we would tell people about the Lord, and we would see people coming to God, and we would see transformations, and we would pray for whomever, whenever, however. It didn't matter. Hallelujah. Yes, we did. We were ambassadors of Christ with signs and wonders. And whatever that might look like in your context today. You see, you are there with a plan and a purpose to shine his light. Exhibit his transforming power through the Holy Spirit of God. Pentecost Day. We celebrate it today, but with a different flavor. I need to go do something. I need to make it useful now. I need to go out there and make disciples. And I need to do it quickly. So chop, chop. <laughs> Let's get to work. We have an amazing church that has many opportunities. And if you don't do it with your church, you could do it with other people. You could do it by yourself. I remember Christmas Day, December 25th. I don't remember the year. It was a long time ago. My best friend and I made sandwiches. We bought <laughs> the 25 cent juices. <laughs> we packed it up. We had some tracks. You remember what tracks are? <laughs> Little scriptures and so forth. And we went to the Bowery. And we spent all day there. And it was brutally cold. But we were on fire for God. And we wanted to make a difference. And that was my context back then. Now my context might look a little different. But you see, you got to find your context. So chop, chop. Let's get to work. The promise has been fulfilled. Now what? <laughs>